Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Daily Friend Wrap. I'm your host, Nicholas Lorimer, and I'm joined today by Chris Hutting. Let's get into the news of today. And the first story we're going to cover is that the ESCOM chair, Mpom Makwana, has stepped down from their role uh, as chair of, of the ESCOM board after serving only a year in the role. They will step down at the end of October. They will be placed, replaced by another current board member who is the former CEO of MTN. And this was announced by uh, Public Enterprises Minister Praveen Gordon, who uh, who has been followed up by this with comments from the Mining and Minerals uh, Minister, Gwena Mantashe, who says the government needs to get to the bottom of the leadership exodus at ESCOM, Mineral Re- uh, uh, he, he, he said in, this, in a statement. He went on to say, quote, as a miner, it is, that is my background. If you are underground and you see mice running, you do not go to see what they are running from. You should run with them because they are likely running from methane. If there is an exodus of executives, we need to understand what methane, what the methane is that they are running from. Uh, this was while he was on the sidelines of the Africa Oil Week in Cape Town. Um, when he was asked to elaborate, Montasha said that he had, quote, no information on what could be driving executives out of their positions. Uh, Chris, without being a, too bold, I would like to venture that perhaps the minister in this case may be the methane himself, um, driving people, skilled people out of these posts all over uh, senior uh, positions in government and uh, SOEs. Uh, would you agree with that? What do you make of this? I mean, maybe you're being slightly unkind, and it's more the sort of policies and ideas that underpin the very fabric that is the ANC and not just a specific individual but it's almost we you know you said this before we came before we recorded you said it's the methane asking why are people running away from me what's wrong what's going on what's what's the issue here so the policies of cater deployment um, centralization preferential procurement those very basic things that make anyone's job at escom or any other soe incredibly difficult why would you be surprised it's more surprising that anyone would, would want to take on that role versus why are they leaving Exactly. That's when you have this level of enormous amount of political interference, you can't actually make any changes. You can't go after so many people because they have political connections. You can't change the policies. You're just supposed to do more with what you have and not change anything. And so no wonder executives are jumping off the boat at every opportunity they can get, because what's the point? You might as well put someone who has no clue what they're doing in there because it won't seem to make a difference because government interferes so much in the running of, of, of these departments and SOEs and ignores the advice and reforms they need to make in order to actually fix any of the problems at places like ESCOM and places like Transnet. Um, and as long as government keeps ignoring the reforms they need to implement, it doesn't matter who's in charge. The ship is still being forced by the winds of government policy into the ground. Um, so... If uh, Minister Montasha, I think, needs to do some chemistry right now and uh, hopefully change his format from methane to oxygen uh, so that <laughs> the fire of industry can grow hotter, not explode. Um, anyway, before I stretch that metaphor into death, uh, let's talk about our next story. And this is a survey of South African university students. And the news is not great. Uh the survey was done of 2,400 undergraduates and postgraduates studying towards profession-specific degrees at public and private universities. It includes students who are studying medicine, law, accounting, business management, and psychology. So in other words, people you definitely want to keep. 
The survey found that 90% of these students desired to live and work abroad, at least temporarily, to gain work experience and possibly be paid more. Um, this was this didn't just include you know the sort of stereotype of who wants to leave the country like young white students or, or young Indian students or anything like that, but also included a lot of young black students, who uh, a number of whom wanted to leave the country jumped from thirty nine percent to ninety percent in the space of two years in the same survey. There are lots of people leaving the country. We have numerous data points that suggest lots of skilled people are leaving the country. And when asked why they were concerned about their prospect in the country, the students interviewed, the 78% said they rated crime and corruption as the most worrying factor. 65% cited unemployment. 66% the failing infrastructure, load shedding, that kind of thing. 52% the cost of living, poverty, and the economy in general. Chris? This is a really, I think, perhaps one of our biggest crises, because even if we start to get the policies right in the country, if we have a big enough brain drain, uh, we're going to struggle to fix any of our problems just because we won't have the people to do it. What is good about the survey, though, is that many did believe that uh, if situation improved in South Africa, they'd be very happy to return, even if they had been working overseas for a few years. What do you make of all this, Chris? Yeah, this sort of reinforces this idea that we've we've seen for years throughout IRR, CRA polling in terms of what values resonate with the average South African, the, uh, the sort of very radical things of, of job security, of job opportunities, of stability, safety, um, get, getting a handle on corruption. If you get some of those things right, then, I mean, South Africa has everything else going for it except the right policies and the right government. So in that regard, it is gratifying to see that in the survey that those young South Africans would be willing to come back and, and work, live in and build various businesses, invest in infrastructure, all that sort of thing in South Africa. But you, you can't expect that as a given. You need to create the right conditions. And it's not as though that happens out of nowhere. It's not just like some countries have the right conditions, some don't. How do we figure it out? I don't know. Like if you get the right sort of conditions in place that encourage investment, economic activity, growth, don't just force people into dependence on the state on measly grants, then what? Then of course they will stay and try and make things better for themselves, their families and their communities. Uh, but it's up to government and in the context of the 2024 elections, the opposition parties to seize on that opportunity, I think. And I think once again, it highlights the incredible destruction that crime uh, causes uh, uh, to so many aspects of the country, everything from economic growth to skills uh, retaining um, as, as it drives so many people away and it causes so much wasted money. Um, you have to pay for security, you have to pay for repairing the damage of vandalism and other crimes like that or, or stolen goods. So uh, getting crime under control should be definitely one of the first priorities of any government after the next election. Okay, let's talk about our last story. Mokhweng Mokhweng the former Chief Justice, uh, is speaking publicly again about his aspirations of becoming president, saying that he believed it was his calling uh, that he should try to become South Africa's president. Now, I think that there is definitely some potential in a Mokweng Mokweng uh, candidacy. I think, uh, while I don't agree with many of his views, I think that his his uh, his uh, charisma, personal charisma, that his kind of religious orientation, um, that his sort of populist uh, kind of uh, sentiment, sort of gut reaction to a lot of things, 
I think puts him in good state to actually do very well, particularly with people who are up upset with the ANC. But at the same time, I must say, I really haven't seen much concrete in the way of a presidential campaign. It doesn't really seem like he's got any kind of big infrastructure behind him. Um, he just kind of occasionally says, oh, I'm thinking of running for president or I'm going to run for president. And it's not clear whether there's like any kind of party machinery to support him, whether he's got some kind of plan or campaign manager or anything like that. So I have a very strong feeling that whether he runs or not, there's going to be a lot of wasted potential here. What do you think of this? Yeah, I, I strongly agree with you. And uh, the only caveat that I'm in my mind is a sort of silver lining that I hope it, that if he runs in whatever sort of capacity, either on his own or joining a already established party, it takes away votes from the ANC. And given his sort of messaging, his uh, his charisma, um, the sort of image that he has, I hope that he manages to do that. It's just a question of, is he playing his cards right in the strongest possible way or not? Arguably not up until this point. So maybe it's this case of trying to be too clever by half. You're, you're saying, I'm going to run, but I'm not going to run. But I, you know, uh, at some point he's going to say, we need to move past politics, that whole thing, and then start his own political party. Maybe that that whole idea that has become quite South African as well. So you worry about that lost potential. Um, in terms of policy recommendations, that sort of thing, I don't know what he would offer that would be too different from some other parties, um, whether it truly offers that sort of vision that shakes things up quite radically. That's another question for debate. But just in terms of his charisma, his his name, I think there's potential. Um, so let's see if he if that sort of crystallizes or not. Indeed, something interesting to watch as we see lots of new political forces gathering uh, for uh, their, their, their shot at taking uh, their place in the political pantheon after the next election. I think there's still a couple probably to come down the pipeline, although I think we've seen a lot of the, the, the entrants who have a potential to get some seats um, already. Okay, we hope that you found this interesting, and I think that's all we have for today. So that's a wrap.